because a lot of people came west and then went back east. <laughs> you know when that, hey they got to Iowa. And we, they're like, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we you know we drove past a place better than this. Let's yeah. go back there. <laughs> well, maybe it's because they they saw the I eighty truck stop and they're like, you know, that's yeah, that's, that's just, too much. That's good. We're good. <laughs> to the 20-Minute Podcast, a ministry of King of Kings Lutheran Church. We are a caring community reaching in friendship with Christ. Follow us on social media at King of Kings CR or visit us on the web at www.kingofkingscr.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 20-Minute Podcast. I am Tony Dixon, and I am sitting right here with your born and bred Iowa boy, Pastor Rich Balvance. Hello, Pastor Rich. <laughs> good morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever it is, whatever time. <laughs> could we're, be any time. Yeah. It could be. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Um, Iowa. Iowa. You, boy, you focused on where I came from. Well, because I did not come from Iowa. I mean, yeah. that's where we're at now. Well, that's but... true. Yeah. You, you mentioned Iowa boy, but actually, there's a person in the state of Iowa who has been known as the Iowa boy. Who's that? And he was, uh, uh, his name was Chuck Offenberger. And <laughs> yeah, that's true, Chuck <laughs> Offenberger. And he was a columnist for the Des Moines Register really? newspaper. Okay. And uh, he was from Southwest Iowa. I think he's still, yeah, he's still is in Iowa, I believe, uh, from Southwest Iowa. And so his column in the, in the Register was called the Iowa boy column. It was Iowa boy. So. Yeah. He he's the official Iowa boy. I'm I'm sort of a runner up. You're you're an aspiring that's right. up and coming Iowa boy. That's right. That's, right. that's so, okay. You know, and you're an Illinois native. Yeah, that's right. So that's, do you have an Illinois boy? Uh, Are you an Illinois boy? I have no idea. You know the the only person as I was thinking about that, the only person that comes to mind is is Abraham Lincoln. Like it's the Illinois. He was, he was born in Kentucky, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, but uh, land, land of Lincoln. So I mean, yeah. he spent time in Illinois, and uh, he's on our license plates, and that's uh, that's the extent of my knowledge. Oh, no, well, he had as he has his own highway too. That's right. Yeah, yep. Lincoln Highway. That's that the, runs through <laughs> Iowa. It's, it's like, true. It comes right over here into Iowa. <laughs> that's right. You might know it as Route Thirty. I think yeah, isn't that right? That's, yeah, most of it is on yeah. on Highway Thirty. So, so. yeah, it. Um, I, I I've always been. Uh, Proud of being an Iowan, even though the rest of the country doesn't seem to think too much of us. Well, they wave as they fly over, yeah, right? as they go by. Yeah. I don't mind it that people kind of don't pay attention to us most of the time. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's kind of kind of a good thing to just be out here on yeah. our own. Yeah, Illinois gets a lot more attention. That so that is the one thing that I guess growing up there, I notice is. Uh, Unfortunately, the stuff that stuck with me is like Chicago has a lot of crime. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then of course that you have that uh, real metropolitan area around around Chicago and the suburbs as it mm-hmm. as it works its way out from there. But then there's kind of like the rest of the state, and so that was always the really interesting thing for me growing up in in Illinois was we were just on the outskirts of the suburbs. But it was like the rest of the state of Illinois, and it's—I mean—it goes pretty far south. Oh yes, it's—it's uh, it's like a different country. <laughs> it, it I mean, it, as a little kid, you know, we would um, we would go on vacations, and 
I would be like, Dad, what state are we in now? And he's like, we're still in Illinois. <laughs> I was like, but that person sounds way different. I'm like, still in Illinois, yeah, you yeah. know? They, they have that little uh, southern Illinois accent. That's that right. Borders on Kentucky almost, you right. know? And, and yeah. It is interesting how uh, how things within a state can vary as much. Even, you know, I noticed uh, in southwest Iowa, it's not as prevalent today as it was half a century ago. Mm-hmm. But even Southern Iowans had a bit of an accent that was noticeable. Really? Uh, hmm. And uh, particularly if you got down into the southwestern counties along the Missouri border. Okay. There, there was a, a definite uh, accent that was noticeable, as there is in many times in the northern counties near Minnesota. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some of that old. But there. if you were to ask them, they'd say, we have an accent as well. Yes, that's right? true. Uh, we're, we, are, we are as middle of the country as you can get, uh, I think. I, I think so. Well, and f- for me, like I just, I just barely have to be listening for it when I say Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You you have the uh, the Saturday Night Live super fan Chicago accent. <laughs> That's right. You just, as you're saying it, you have to close off all air passages through your nose. That's not and sure. It, it, it makes sure it all just Chicago. That's, I, that su- I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very fascinated, though, by local differences and yeah. and local histories and things like that. I think because I used to read a lot when I was a youngster uh, and we had my mother uh, read a lot of, of books about Iowa and uh, Iowa authors. There, there's some real well-known biographical or autobiographical type books that were very popular. Uh, Hamlin Garland uh, was one author that uh, she liked a lot, and I do too, and and many others uh, sure. that uh, uh, were around, uh, especially early in the 20th century and, and recording their growing up in the late 19th century and that sort of thing. So, yeah. One thing that I noticed about the state of Iowa too is the fact that it seems like everybody has a connection to the state of Iowa somehow. Mm-hmm. And it just – I. Even me, like I was reminded of this just over the holidays a few you know, weeks or a month ago. Uh, we were with family and they were talking about how my, my grandmother and my great-grandmother spent time in Iowa. You know, they lived over here or at least for a time. And I was, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened. Okay, well. Yeah. You know, and One of the interesting things is uh, – uh, I, I'd love. There's probably been studies done on it, but I would love to see the reverse migration uh, mm. uh, th- because a lot of people came west and then went back east. <laughs> you know when that, hey they got to Iowa, we, and they're like, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we you know we drove past a place better than this. Let's yeah. go back there. <laughs> well, maybe it's because they, they saw the I-80 truck stop and they're like, you know, that's that's, that's a, too much. That's good. We're good. <laughs> we can turn around. <laughs> but uh, anyway. <laughs> So my uh, my hometown of Eldora was officially founded, uh, incorporated in 1853. Okay. So it celebrated its centennial when I was just uh, a year old. Oh wow! Uh, and yeah. I don't. I just barely remember it. <laughs> you just barely remember it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so it was, and it was the, uh, and still is the county seat of Hardin County. Okay. And uh, so, you know, there are just various things that, that always piqued my interest. And now this this year is the 175th anniversary, I believe, 
of uh, Iowa becoming a state. Oh, yeah. It became a state in 1846. Oh, uh, so that was only that was only a few years before Eldora then. Yeah, yeah. Of course, okay. Iowa became a state yeah. when only about a third of its counties were sure. were organized, right. uh, which is why we had our first state capital in Iowa City rather than in Des Moines. Yeah, right. And uh, later on. Because they didn't go further west. They didn't go further (laughs) west. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, in 175 years, and I just read this the other day that 175th anniversary was coming up because I remember distinctly the 150th anniversary of statehood. (laughs) Okay. And that was because I was working at the radio station then, WMT Radio, and we did a, a day-long broadcast of the celebration that was going on at the state capitol on that day. Oh, man. December 28th of 1996. And a whole, a whole day long. whole day long. And what was interesting about it was that all of the state officials, including the, the governor and all of the elected officials, the uh, uh, legislators, mm-hmm. uh, all dressed up in costumes uh, in in the dress of 1846. <laughs> really? And carried out their functions as they would have uh, on that date. Really? And it, uh, so we had a lot of people on the air, the governor and others, and basically enacting yeah. the first day of, of statehood. Paul Pate who yeah. is the Secretary, Secretary of State, State. today, yeah. was then also. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, he's from the Lynn County area. Not, at, not a lot of change here not, in Iowa not, over not the a, past 25 years. Not a lot years. of change. <laughs> uh, it, was just, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. It was just a lot of fun for the, for the state officials uh, in, during that period between Christmas and, and New Year's because it was on December 28th. Right. We didn't have anything else to do then anyway. Uh. <laughs> so it was kind of an open, open day. And uh, so that was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. State That's history. Yeah, right. State history. State history. I'm learning. See, this is helpful for me because this is the type of stuff I, I don't have the luxury of knowing. You know, my state history that apparently I've forgotten all about was about the state of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm sure there were other great things that happened, but this is good. And this is helpful because there, I know there are a lot of people in this area, especially, that they're not, they're not from Iowa yeah. originally, maybe. so. Well, it's... Um, uh, I, we, I think it was fourth grade or fifth grade when we had yeah. our official state yeah. history class. And uh, here in Iowa, we had the benefit of having a, uh, a TV program that was produced by an individual, I believe it was uh, at the university in Cedar Falls, uh, who was an excellent teacher about various aspects of uh, Iowa history. And we had our, you know, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So we joked a little bit about Iowa being just kind of a drive-through flyover state. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like maybe as as it started out, um, there were other people that kind of, that that attitude goes all the way back to the beginning of Iowa. Well, you know, it's uh, it is kind of interesting when you think about it because most of the people, I think, who came to Iowa probably didn't have an immediate idea that they were going to stay here. Right, you know, it, it, even <laughs> even in the very beginning, 
What do, they what do you mean on, we trapped they them? On, they were on their way to somewhere else. <laughs> but And that's not entirely true. But the uh, first settled counties were in the southeastern part of the state, other than the first city in Iowa, which was Dubuque. Okay, yeah. Uh, founded by the, the French, uh, fur trappers <laughs> and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, being the oldest town. But the... River travel was was possible up the Des Moines River from southeast Iowa. Uh, so that's part of the reason that those southeastern counties got settled more quickly. Sure. And it's been interesting to me over the years to it, – it, it's not so much true today, but 25 or 30 years ago, you could actually tell the difference in architecture of – especially in, on the farms, mm-hmm. but in the towns to some extent as well, of the, the houses, the age of the buildings and that sort of thing. They're much older in the southeast part of the state or had been replaced versus those in the northwest corner of the state, which were the most recently sure. built. Yeah, And uh, if your eyes are open to those kinds of things, to noticing, it's fun to kind of trace the history as it progressed across the, across the state. Yeah. So here's – and I'm enjoying our Iowa discussion. <laughs> this, is, this is great. So here's the question, though. Okay. The question of the hour, and by hour I mean 20-ish minutes. Yeah. W- what does this have anything to do with our faith lives? You're from Iowa originally, mm-hmm. and you've been here your entire life for the most part, and, and I'm from Illinois. And we, uh, you know, we, we sit down and we have these conversations – one of the things that comes to mind to me is like I, I really appreciate being able to talk with someone that has a different experience than me, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe pronounces words a little bit differently, <laughs> and that that maybe knows the history of their state, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but this is the world that we live in that's all around us, and it, you know, what can we learn from that? Well, is there a factor of faith that is involved in in what we're talking about? Well, to a large degree, yes. Yeah. If you look at a map of, uh, and I just looked at one of these the other day, um, the Quakers, for instance, mm-hmm. not typically what we would call a Christian denomination, but a religious group sure. um, settled uh, in parts of Iowa during a time of persecution of Quakers around the world. Yeah. And uh, so you, you get that kind of influx of people. It was religious disputes and I don't want to focus on the dispute part, but it was religious disagreements that led to much of the migration of German individuals from the rural areas of Germany into uh, places like New York, Ohio, and Iowa. And as a result of that, uh, we had churches and families who were settled here. And that resulted in further immigration of their families' members. Sure, yeah. And in in the case of Lutherans, for instance, about the time, a little bit before the time that Iowa became a state, you had a large Lutheran uh, migration into the United States from Germany. Right. Um, that led to the founding of our church denomination. Yeah, yep. Most of those folks were farmers, uh, and uh, there were, they were followed by others who came through New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, sure, uh, and down Wisconsin, yeah, and and into Iowa. My own family uh, is largely due to that 
Okay. That yeah. immigration, that time from the mid-1800s to the late-1800s uh, ended up in central Iowa. Wow. So these migrations, these movings of people groups, there's a lot of that that had to do with faith groups. It did. It yeah. did. It had a, a lot to do with it. When uh, a government tried to en- enforce a religious practice that uh, was in opposition to uh, what that group's interpretation of scriptures was, yeah. they had the commitment to that faith to leave sure. that governmental system yeah. and go somewhere else. <laughs> and here we are. And in here Iowa. we are. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. And um, that level of reliance on on their faith and commitment to it to pull up roots and uh, move to another country. Sure. Uh, an unsettled area of another country. I'm not certain we have anything that currently exists within our culture that is is that strong right now. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there's a component to all of history that deals with God's Word and the people who believe it. It's always really cool to think about the fact that all of these things that happened years ago, 175 years ago, were set in motion to the point where here we are sitting here now in Cedar Rapids or Robbins or, or you know, this area of our state and our country and God knew all of those things. He knows all of those things. Yeah. You know, and I find comfort in that, as silly as that may sound, that just goes to show that the the God that created us, you know, and the God that sustains us and loves us and has given us everything that we need in, in Jesus, he knew all of this. Yeah. You know, I can't even remember like the, my state history, <laughs> my state history from elementary school. But we have a God who who takes care of us, and he knew all of these things. He knows everything that is yet to come. Yeah. Recently, uh, both Pastor Halverson here at King of Kings and myself have have honed in on a thought process that he uh, developed, which was helping us to remember as Christians that things are not as they appear, that outward appearances as to what's happening in the world is not exactly what's going. There's more to it sure. than what meets the eye. And the <laughs> Kind re- of like the state of Iowa. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry. You, know, you sound like a <laughs> tourism person. <laughs> but in, in all of these things, what we think we see is not the full picture because God is at work in all of it. So that's why we, we trust in him and trust that in all circumstances he's continuing to work. And that's also why we don't have to get so darn upset about things from one day to the next uh, if we really take that to heart. Although you're not Chuck Offenberger, (laughs) you are the most qualified Iowa boy in the room here. Uh, so thanks for sharing more about your great your love of this great state. <laughs> I do I do love it. I I think my life as an Iowan has been a great blessing to me. Yeah, uh, and to us as well. Well, and 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 someday <laughs> they will say the same thing about Tony Dixon and the state of Illinois. I doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> but you know, I think to uh, to drive home your point about the bigger picture and about what God sees and knows um, versus maybe the the wisdom that men have. 
we should end with this uh, quote that we've got from James Polk. Would you mind reading that? You you were the one that tracked this down. <laughs> this has to do with when Iowa became a state. President James Polk was the one who was mm-hmm. in office at that time in 1846. And on December 28th, 1846, this date, he kept a journal. And he dipped his quill pen into ink and wrote in his diary, nothing much happened today. <laughs> Little did he know. Little did he know he had signed, but he had signed the document making Iowa a state. Didn't think it was much of a big deal at that time, but boy, it was a big deal to me now. There you go. And to many other people. Yep. Should I close this with prayer today? Would you please? I will try. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've blessed us with, God. We pray that you would continue to help us uh, rely on you, to depend on you for the big picture. Lord, uh, although there may be things that we we know and that we um, do our best to educate ourselves about, Lord, I pray that in the times when maybe things are unclear, that we depend on you, that we look to you, and that we trust that in the difficult and good times, that there is a bigger picture and that you are at work in all of these things. And that is such a blessing to us. Uh, So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to our continuing education for Tony about the state of Iowa. So let's go ahead and hit those books. Okay. Yeah.